everybody. Welcome to another conversation. It's Jason and Justin here today, and we are joined by TV royalty, Lloyd Schwartz. Uh, Lloyd, I it's an honor to meet you, and it's an honor to talk to you. Uh, my daughter, when she was four, or three, three, and I was trying to think of something that she could watch that would be good and wholesome like for her, and her and I, we watched the Brady Bunch together, the original series, mm -hmm. and fell in love with the characters. I fell back in love with it as an adult. And we went on and we watched the Brady's, which at the time, only the Christmas episode and the one where Bobby gets in the car accident were available okay. to the public. Right. And um, we watched those too. And she absolutely loved those. So I went out and bought the set. We have Brady Brides and everything now. But um, yeah, what I mean, uh, the obvious answer of how you got involved with the Brady Bunch, but um, like what was it? because of your father that you wanted to pursue a role or a job in television or was it from your own personal like just man i really love what's going on here like i love watching him do this and i kind of want to be involved with this uh yes to some of what you were saying <laughs> i uh i had a career uh, already started away from him i had been doing some stand-up comedy and then i wrote a love american style and uh, then he started, I had already been a dialogue coach for him a little bit on It's About Time and on Gilligan's Island a bit. And um, then he came and he said, I've got this Brady Bunch show with these um, six kids and I want you to you know, be a dialogue coach on it. And I said, no, you're just offering me that because you're my dad. And he said, well, who should be a dialogue coach on this show? And I said, somebody who's been a dialogue coach before. I said, well, you were a dialogue coach. And he said, somebody who's worked with kids. And I said, yeah, well, and he said, well, you ran a summer camp. And I said, somebody who's got a degree in television. He said, you have a degree in television. Someone's been a perform. Okay, okay, he's describing me. Okay, I'll do it. And then I, I did it for a while and I realized I could do more and I quit. And he said, well, you're quitting. And I said, yeah, because I can do more. And he was like, what can you be? I'll be an associate producer. And so he said, okay, we'll try it with a different title. And then... After a few episodes, I said, okay, uh, I've done the job. You have no other associate producer. I want the title and I want the money. And he said, okay. And then after a year of that, I said, I don't want to do this anymore. What can you do? I want to direct. Now, I was 23. I was 24 <laughs> years old. <laughs> and so they made me a director and then a producer. And I was the youngest producer in the business. And then we teamed up after that time. And we became the youngest father-son producing team in the business. And uh, I've done lots of other stuff, but Brady Bunch doesn't seem to go away. It just, <laughs> it just, I said, you know, we've been on the air in the 60s, the 70s, the 80s, the 90s, the 10s, the teens, the 20s. Now we're going into the 20s and we still got stuff coming up. You know? Yeah, I, uh, I've heard, I heard rumors a few years back about a Brady Bunch spinoff focusing on Peter. And uh, I wish that that had happened. But um, so what, what is an associate producer? Um, the definition of associate producer is, is many different things in different shows. Mm. Uh, today usually has to do with post-production. But in my case, I had to keep being a dialogue coach and I had to run the set. And so that's what that was. That's what, in my case, that's what an associate producer was. But um, maybe it's just a guy who associates with the producer. I don't know. So and does a dialogue coach kind of, is it around tone of how you're delivering the lines no. or what? How does that uh, work? On some, on some movies and things, it's a guy who teaches accents and things like that. Oh, gotcha. No, the Brady Bunch, it was working with the kids, understanding what the show was and also making sure they knew their lines. So when they walked into the set, 
the director had them ready to go. Sure. Okay. That was my job. What was it like working with the kids from, because they're all various ages of uh, one well, maturity and um, just on the show. I, I, uh, I treated it like a summer camp. And so we, I, I, I didn't lock them up and, you know, and went a couple of times I got into trouble with the network and the studio because I, they were very expensive property. I'm coming from the sixties and somebody tells me these kids are expensive property. It's just, it doesn't sit well with me. And I remember saying to them, Hey, look, uh, these are kids. You like what you see on the screen because they're kids. Um, I don't want them to break their arms, but they need the chance to break their arms because that's what kids do. And I said, and if you're going to do it any other way, you want me to do it any other way, you got to fire me because I'm not going to put up with that. Now, I'm 21, 22, talking to the president of the studio. And um, I don't know, maybe it's just because my dad was there. I didn't get fired. <laughs> yeah. So what was it like? I mean, the Brady Bunch, I mean, that's that was a tidal wave of popularity, right? You probably couldn't go yeah. anywhere without somebody talking about it. Not, at the, not when it first came on. Uh, you true. guys are a certain age and you watched it in syndication. Yeah. Yep. When it was on the air and we never hire number the number 12, we were just hanging mm -hmm. on each time. But when it went to syndication, you saw it two, three times a day coming home from school. Uh, then it became this, this monster hit. Mm -hmm. uh, every, every producer likes to believe that everybody knows all their shows, mm -hmm. uh, knows episodes of all their shows. In this particular case, they do. <laughs> there's even contests, you know, how soon can you identify the episode and stuff? Um, so um, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm very proud of the impact it's had. Uh, it has been uh, a half hour show and then a three camera show and a cartoon show and a, a variety show and um, two or three movies of the week and feature films. Um, it's been on every network all the different places. I don't know. It doesn't seem damn. Brady Bunch is a lot of things and over isn't one of them. I know that much. <laughs> what was transitioning to the big screen a hard thing to do for kind of going from TV? Well, what, what happened was they were they starting to make a lot of t movies out of TV shows and they're still doing that. Hmm. Uh, and so Paramount came to dad and me and they said, we want to do a Brady Bunch movie. And then dad and I got together and we said, um, there's no movie. There's six kids in a house. I said, we have to do it as a satire. And dad agreed. I give him a lot of credit for agreeing to that because, you know, uh, it, was, it was his baby and now we're going to make fun of it. And we went to Paramount. The president of Paramount was a friend of ours. And we said, we'll do a Brady Bunch movie, but it has to be a satire. And he and the same kind of wisdom most of those guys have saying, said, I don't care. <laughs> so... <laughs> And so we did as a satire. And I, again, we were the, I think we were the first people to ever satirize ourselves, which was kind of interesting. And the Brady Bunch movie, in my opinion, is one of the most brilliant uses of satire because yeah. you didn't go for making fun of them per se. You had them be the Brady Bunch that we all know and love, but you placed them in the 90s, which is completely right. out of character. So the, the fact that you, you pretty much kept the Brady Bunch the way the Brady Bunch is, and then you allowed us to laugh at the situations that we had now, I That's thought, right. so well done. Brilliant, brilliant. They, they wanted us They wanted us to do it really cutthroat of the Bradys. And we said, no, we are going to do what's, we, I came up with this term, we're going to do what's called a, an affectionate satire. 
So the people that love the Brady's will like this movie. Sure. And also the people that want to make fun of the Brady's will also like the movie. <laughs> and so that was our plan. And uh, it's, it, it worked. And uh, it's given a lot of credit for being one of the most successful shows based upon a TV show. Yeah. So what is, what is it like when you, you've wrapped a Brady Bunch and now they're talking about doing Brady Bride? And you're like, okay, well, we get to revisit these characters. Because that wasn't done a whole lot back then. I know Gilligan's Island did it a little bit. But like, what is that like when you sit down and you're like, okay, we have to write the Brady Bunch now, but they're a little older. Where, where's well, we, the even, even, even within the series. I mean, now they talk about arcs for stories. When you're doing a family show, there's a necessary arc because the kids get older. Mm -hmm. Or they start here and then they go to high school or whatever it is. So now we just took them and they say, okay, let's place them in a situation where they would be at this point recognizing the characters. And one of the most, and, they, and we knew that Maureen and, and Eve as actresses were not people who could generate comedy, but they could be react to comedy. So we took extreme versions of the two of them. And so Maureen married a guy who was just off the wall named Wally. Mm -hmm. Okay. Wally. Yeah. He, and then Jan, I mean, Jan or Eve married a guy who was much more conservative. So there was a very odd couple situation. So we put them in, in this, in the same house together. And so that was, you know, there's this, you know, I have a term, which is art is defined by its limitations. Mm -hmm. And the limitations are the canvas we have, and these are the people we have. And so this is what we needed to do. So that was the generation of uh, the Brady Brides. Nice. And I, I want to ask uh, about the Brady's because you took the Brady Bunch, like you said, a comedy, and now right. suddenly we're going to get more drama and more yeah. uh, story of the week. Like, what was that transition like? And I know that CBS eventually added a laugh track, which made it kind of awkward on some of those Brady's. I don't even know that they did that. It wasn't with my knowledge. Anyway, we did Very Brady Christmas, which was an enormous hit. Mm -hmm. Highest rated movie in a couple of years on television. And so they obviously, okay, we need more. Well, we wanted to do a movie, a movie of the week every six months, <laughs> not a series, because we thought the people like the Brady's and want to drop in on them every once in a while. But CBS at that time wanted a series because they saw more, there's much more money in it to do a series. And so we had to put that together as this hour series. And they put it on at eight o'clock, which was the time the Brady's used to be, but there weren't kids in it anymore. And we were facing down the new ABC lineup of, you know, full house and like that. Mm -hmm. And I just knew, I remember that first night that we were going to be on, I was walking with the line producer and I said, uh, this isn't going to work. <laughs> I said, this is not going to work. And this is really going to be damaging for my career. <laughs> I said, so I said, I hope America does this for me, but they're not going to. And they didn't. What and was the tipping point there? Was it just the, the tone? What, what, what do you think? Went well, I, I think if it had been later, if we'd gone on the air at nine, we would have had adult stories. And I, I called it Brady something like 30 something. And I think it would have been successful, but you know, that's it's a hindsight, and you also can't fight the network and stuff like that. I so, loved that show when I was a kid. I was eight when it came out, The Brady's, and I loved every oh. moment of it. And I I waited for years for them to put it out on DVD so I could watch it with my daughter. Well, you know, you know something. I'm very proud of it. I'm very proud of it, and I think it was a really good show. But uh, sometimes we're measured by our the ratings, mm -hmm. and that's that's the that's the the gauge we have. So, okay. Uh, they're they're talking about new stuff with Brady's, both at their age they are, and also I I really want to explore more with the satirical sure. side. That'd be fun. Yeah, 
Absolutely. And I, it, I, see, I thought the Brady's gave Robert Reed what he wanted with the Brady Bunch, which was something more that he could uh, grasp onto as far as like the acting. <laughs> um, I don't know. Uh, Robert and I didn't necessarily see eye to eye about anything. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, this, this, there's been a lot of stuff written about all that. So um, um he was still the pain in the ass when we were doing the hour Brady's. As he was <laughs> <laughs> so, so not to divert too much from the Brady's, but you, you were also on another very famous kind of TV show family, like the Munsters. That was that, the Munsters today. Yeah. Well, that was an interesting thing. They, they came and they, uh, I had done some shows for this uh, TV network, the TBS, the syndicated stuff. And they said they had the rights to do the Munsters. Would I write the pilot? And I said, uh, no, I don't think so, because uh, I love the Munsters. It was a great show. Why would I redo this again? Mm -hmm. And they said, well, we sold two years of it. <laughs> and I said, let me think about it. So I thought about it, and I found a way, I thought, which would make it interesting to me. And was that the Munsters fell asleep, and then they were woke up, wake up 20 years later. And it was a way for me to use them to poke fun at where society has gone. Mm. So I thought that was worth doing and poke fun of that way through a characters that everybody knew. Uh, looking back, I shouldn't have done it at all. <laughs> I think that the Munsters today should never have been done. Mm. Uh, I enjoyed doing it because I like working. And I, John Shuck was a, is a, still a very good friend of mine, as is Lee Merriweather. But uh, it, 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 we, I should have passed. Sure. You know? but in a lot of ways, I mean, that kind of set the groundwork for what would become the Brady Bunch movie, putting them in the, the modern yeah. context of well, it's, now. It's, it's, it's traditional fish out of water stuff. You know, take somebody who shouldn't be here and put them where they, you know, they shouldn't be. Yeah. One one of the things that I'm surprised we haven't gotten yet, and um, I'm hoping, I, I Gilligan's Island was one of my favorite things growing up. And even the movies, like Rescue from Gilligan's Island, you can find everywhere, but you can't find the castaways on Gilligan's Island or the Harlem Globetrotters no. one. Uh, what were those like working on? Well, my dad did Gilligan and I was like in high school and just starting college. And, and um, so I didn't have much to do with it. I was a kid and walked around the set and things like that. And rescue from Gilligan's Island answered the question everybody wanted, which is, did they ever get rescued? Because they finished the series without getting rescued. So we, we sold the movie. It was interesting because we sold it to Fred Silverman, who was president of NBC. And we met with the head of movies of the week there. And she said, uh, we said, because we like to work with network people and you know, other opinions and things. How do you want to see this? You want to see the script? You want to see the out outline? What? She said, I don't understand Gilligan's Island. I don't know why it works. I don't get it. You guys do. Just bring back the film. So we made this independent movie. And uh, I put anybody I wanted into it. I was in it, you know. We just we did this movie, and it was the highest rated movie they ever had, or whatever. So they they immediately said, "Let's do more." The problem with doing more of those is the cast was getting quite old. Mm -hmm. You know, Natalie Schaefer was like ninety or something, and Gilligan's Island is a very physical show. So we figured we would turn it into kind of a resort on the island. And I'm not sure that really ever worked, but it was a way for us to. To keep it going. Sure. Um, and then Fred Silverman, this is, I don't think everybody's ever heard this story. Fred Silverman said, he's always about putting things together. He said, let's take, let's do a, a Gilligan movie where the Brady Bunch gets marooned on the island. <laughs> well, 
Brady Bunch was on ABC. This was on NBC. There was just, you know, so much ownership situation and that can work. He said, okay, how about, he said, the Dallas cheerleaders on Gilligan's Island. <laughs> well, again, it was owned by somebody else. And then finally he said, Harlem Globetrotters on Gilligan's Island. <laughs> and dad said in those days, maybe not, maybe not right now, but he said, well, they're taller and darker, but I think it can work. He said, <laughs> so that was, and then we did the Harlem Globetrotters. I, I like the theme of it. It gets roasted as like the worst title ever for a TV movie, Harlem Globetrotters and Gilligan's Island. But the theme is, you know, you be who you are. And so they had the Globetrotters doing their crazy things and beat this team of robots and whatever. And it was, you know, and it was when it re when it ran, it did not do particularly well. It's done well when it's been rerun. But um, there's, you know, there's talk about doing more Gilligan stuff. We have a musical that runs around and uh, we've been trying to get a feature going since 1988 by the way. Well, um, I remember look, in the, the 90s, there was rumors of John Goodman playing the skipper. And, right. Uh, there have been Adam all those Sandler things. Playing Billy <coughs> I, um, I've written, a, I've been writing a book about the making of the Gilligan's movie, mm-hmm. of which there is none. But the book is called Invitation to a Shipwreck. Oh, that's fun. And I'm on page 560. And there's no movie in sight. <laughs> How many more pages you think? <laughs> I'm going to keep going until we do that movie. So it could uh, it, it could rival the uh, Oxford English Dictionary in terms of page count. I don't know. I want that movie Hollywood or a TV series. I love the the concept of Gilligan's Island. I mean, almost at this point, you'd have to make it take place like back in the day because we have. So <laughs> there's, there's trust me. There's every idea that has been submitted. Every idea, and but it bothers me when people come up to me and say. You know, it'd be a good idea, a Gilligan's Island movie. And I want to punch him up. <laughs> you should hear my book. <laughs> you should read my book. Hey, Lloyd, a Gilligan's Island movie would be a really good idea. Can I hang up now or what? Yeah, he just, yeah, we won't even be offended. It'd be great. <laughs> so, what are you up to now? What's uh, classic couples counseling? Uh, classic couples counseling. I, I left my therapist one day. <laughs> I didn't leave her for good. I was driving away and I said, geez, that was, she told me a lot. I wonder if people really have problems. And I thought about the people that have the biggest problems, which are Shakespearean characters. And I said, what would it be like to have a therapist for Shakespearean characters? So imagine Hamlet and Ophelia coming in and having a session and Romeo and Juliet coming in and having a session and Ophelia and, and uh, as I said, Hamlet and uh, Othello and Desdemona yeah, and yeah. Macbeth and Lady Macbeth and they all come in and she tries to help them. And then there's a group scene, which is I call the dessert scene because it was so much fun to write, where they're all there together. And Petruchio is trying to hit on Juliet and, tell, and <laughs> Lady Macbeth telling everybody to go to hell. And she's always running out and washing her hands and things, crazy stuff's going on. And then at the end of that scene, she finally gives advice. And here's what you need to do. And here's what you need to do. And they all leave. And the next scene, they're all dead. <laughs> because, of, because of the advice she gave them. <laughs> you know, so, you know, I love the scene because there's some, Petruchio and Kate are, are still alive. And so they're there. And then the phone calls come in about how these people die. And she keeps putting chairs away because it was supposed to be this group scene. <laughs> and I tell you, it, it's fun. It's really fun. We did a, a brief production about three or f- maybe five years ago. And I've been working on other things. And then Theater West, where we have a children's theater, said, would you guys do that? Because they love the reviews and they love that show. Would you guys do that here? So we 
We remounted it. We're re in the process of you know having our first table read of really good actors. They were good before. They're good now. Uh, new ones. And um, we open on uh, April Fool's Day. <laughs> and it'll run through uh, May 8th. And it's at Theater West, which is www.theaterwest.org. And you can people can get tickets and find out about it. And I'm really excited because I've written lots of plays and had lots of plays all over in the country. This is one of the f two or three that I think have real Broadway potential. You know, it just feels like it would be great there. For people who know Shakespeare, it's really funny. And for people who don't know Shakespeare, it's really funny anyway. So anyway, that's what that play is. And um, I hope, uh, I don't know, where, you, where are you guys located? Columbus, Ohio. Yeah. Okay. Well, I hope it gets there. And if you get out here, come see it. So yeah. here we go. I, I'd love to. Well, I want to go back real quick before we let you go. And I want to ask sure. you about your stand-up. Did you ever get back to that once you started doing the TV shows? My stand-up, uh, it was the 60s. My partner was a Black Panther. And we did very, very risky material. And we were thrown out of many clubs in Los Angeles. Uh, it was before there was comedy clubs. It was just folk song clubs. And so we'd go on and uh, it was brutal material. Very successful, by the way. Uh, a lot of people loved it. There were we kind of offers and things. And then we got in trouble with the FBI and the CIA. And there was some, believe it or not, there were some murders involved. Holy and cow. he was killed. And so am I going to get back to that? Um, I like to tell the story sometime. I like to tell the story and then make an interesting movie or something. As I said, that sounds like a book or a movie, man. Uh, yeah. <laughs> by, by the way, there's interest, in, there's interest right now in the book about it. Yeah. Um, and I'm hoping because he was a wonderful guy. And uh, uh, I would like to do it kind of as a tribute to Eddie. He died in 72. He was the guy who, who burned his credentials in the, the 68 Chicago convention. Because hmm. what was happening in the streets. And he would, you know, I'd be with him and, you know, Bobby Kennedy would call and we got involved with Martin Luther King and all this kind of stuff. So uh, very, very interesting time. But uh, do I get back to it? No. <laughs> also, he was so much better than I was. <laughs> so I, <laughs> yeah, that, that sounds like a fascinating. I'm, I'm, I'm fascinated with uh, comedy in the 60s. And I, yeah, that would be a book I would definitely want to read because there was a lot of comedians getting arrested and so forth. Yes, that was right. That was right. Our phone was tapped and stuff. And we hung around with Richard Pryor and things and stuff. And um, that had to be a wild time then. Richard Pryor. It was very wild. It was very wild. It was wild. You know, I, I was on the, the more conservative side of wild. But compared to today, I was very wild <laughs> back then. You know, your social life was your political life. And so you're there and you're getting tear gassed or whatever was happening. And that was kind of fun. And, you know, uh, it was a little, you know, it was the time women burning their bras and everybody demonstrating against this and that and stuff, you know. Great Lloyd, I, I am, thank you so much for coming on, taking the time to talk to us. Uh, your work will continue to influence my household. Uh, I'm sure my daughter would love to tell you uh, thank you because she, like I said, she loves everything the Brady Bunch. Thank you. Thank you. I just, I'm so glad we got to talk. This has been I am too. I am too. Great, great guys. Thank you so much. Thanks for you. Uh, yep. Thank you. Everybody out there, please hit that like, subscribe, follow. I'll put links to some of Lloyd's stuff in the comments below, and we will talk to you soon. Thank you. Thanks.